nation because we will not be honest about our motives. So we'll say what we think we should want. And that's why we never get anywhere in prayer and why we never get anywhere in self-awareness. And this is why we never get past the same cycle of trying to satisfy our needs because we will not even be honest with God about what we want. So I pray and I ask God to do the things that I think I should want him to do. But by bypassing my motives, I do not engage my heart, my emotions, and my will. Jesus asked a question. What is it you want? Um, okay, okay uh, God, um, hallowed be thy name. Bless the missionaries. Missionaries? That's really what's on your mind? No, I just, just supposed to pray for, right? The missionaries. Uh, what else? Uh, the, the Middle East. Pray for the Middle East, God. Really? That's the first thing you want to talk to God about? Because I went crazy last year, so I had to start talking to God for real. Because I had some stuff that was going on inside me for real. So some of my prayers got shorter. Like, help me right now before I do something that I can't undo. Now, I know the God some of us grew up with can't handle the reality of who you are. But the God of the Bible became flesh and dwelt among us. And he does not despise your weakness. In fact, the scripture says that we have a high priest who is not unable to be touched by the feeling of our infirmity. That means you can come into God's presence and he can handle the full weight of what you're really dealing with. This is why behavior modification programs do not produce sustainable long-term change in our life. This is why we need grace as an operating system because Jesus will look straight at you and say, what do you want? So I can pray about my weight? Yeah. So I can pray about my bills? Yeah. So I can pray and ask God why all these other women are getting married and they're not even going to be good wives and I'm still single? you're his child if you don't understand that you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven which is not earned but it is given which is not achieved but it is received see the kingdoms of this world are based on arrival the kingdom of God Jesus mentioned it over a hundred times the kingdom of heaven he says in Matthew it says it in Matthew that way because it was for a Jewish audience and they didn't want to mention the name of God. So they said the kingdom of the heavens or the kingdom of heaven. But it's also translated in the other gospel accounts, but it hadn't been said before Jesus came on the scene. He started preaching, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. The 
idea of God as king was not a new thing, but the revelation of God as a king who came like a baby was. And rather than coming like an earthly king, he snuck into the earth on one silent night. Silent night. It wasn't a silent night. Baby Jesus was screaming his head off. And he, and he came like that. He came like that in, in human form, human frailty, to show us the, the kingdom of God. Could have come like Thor. He could have come like Dwayne Johnson. But he came as a, as a carpenter. And he started recruiting disciples. And they wanted to take him over to the seminary. The cemetery. I mean seminary. To get his candidates for who he would choose to use to build this kingdom. To establish the, the throne of God so that the kingdoms of this world may become the kingdom of our God. To establish that, the Bible says that he chose. I want to show you this real quick so we can get a deeper picture of what happens in Matthew chapter 20. Because what happens in Matthew chapter 20 has happened to all of us at one time or another. But before we look at that, look with me for just a moment at uh, Mark chapter 3 verse 13. Jesus, this is when he, when he called his disciples. And there was a phrase that touched me. I want you to look for it as I read it. Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. They appointed 12, designating them apostles that they might be with him. That they might be with him. The kingdoms of this world identify you by what you do. But before he called them to do for him, he called them to be with him. He called me to be with him. Wow. That's not the phrase. I just pointed that out. But that touched me. He wanted them to be with him. And that he might send them out to preach, to influence the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Waxhaw, Melbourne, Toronto. Yeah, the whole thing. It started with these guys, 12 of them. You know some of their names. You know what they did. They had authority. Look at verse 15. And to have authority. You know, it's, it's very different. The difference between getting attention and having authority. So in a worldly kingdom, it's all about getting attention. We call someone an influencer if they can get attention. So you buy something by clicking on a link through their account. That's what the world calls an influencer. Because they can get attention. But attention is not the same thing as authority. Authority is when you know who you are, you know whose you are, you know what you've got, and you're okay with what you're not, because he called me. That's what I like about it. He called to him, go back to verse 13, those he wanted. Isn't that cool? He called those he wanted. So if I understand that correctly, that means that God does not order anything that he doesn't desire. That means if he put me somewhere, he picked me for where he put me. That means
things that he gave me an assignment to do. Now, sometimes we have to pick people to do stuff because we don't have any better options. Not God. God has options. He called who he wanted. He could have made any sperm fertilize any egg so that you would have been born in a different time. He could have made any conception process happen so that your children would have been born to different parents. But he called who he wanted. The revelation of my life was to believe that God wanted Stephen Furtick to do what he gave Stephen Furtick to do. I didn't know I was chosen. Let's do the math on this real quick. Um, the first four, we'll read the names and then we'll talk about it. These are the twelve he appointed, verse 16. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. James, son of Zebedee. And his brother John. That's the two dudes that are represented in Matthew 20. But he called those he wanted. And to them, he gave the name, let me try to say it right, Boanerges, Boanerges. Holly asked me, because I grew up in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, why do you call everybody Bo? It's a southern thing. Did y'all do that in Valdosta? They didn't call anybody Bo in Miami, but it was like a, a Monk's Corner thing. We give nicknames, just call each other nicknames, you know. Jesus did that. He would nickname people. And he called, he called Simon Peter, Petros, Rock, right? He gave these brothers, the sons of Zebedee, the only thing we know about their uh, family, other than that they had a kind of pushy mother. <laughs> Talk about a helicopter parent, you know what I'm saying? She brought her sons to Jesus. These are grown men. father Zebedee was a fisherman and, and Jesus when he was starting his ministry and inaugurating his kingdom the kingdom of God showing the, the invisible kingdom in a visible way he chose and appointed and called to him those he wanted and through all the options that he had he chose 12 and two of the 12 that he called were called uh, Jacob is the Hebrew name but we translated James and John John, you would probably know more about because he was the one who stayed at the cross. He called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. So he did not struggle in the self-esteem department. But what you might not know about him is that he had a nickname called uh, Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, which is a weak translation. The Hebrew term actually means like tremble. It's not thunder. It's like disturbed. It's like hot-tempered. So Jesus called those he wanted. And what he wanted was two brothers that when he looked at them, he named them sons of disturbing, rumbling thunder. Y'all come help me change the world. Now, I'm going to give you 20 seconds to thank God in your own way that he chooses who he wants to choose and he doesn't console people. Take 20 seconds and praise God that he did not 
say something. Everybody famous isn't great. And everybody great isn't famous. There are some great people in this church who don't have a Twitter account. There are some great people in this church who will never hold a press conference or release an album. There are some great people in this church 